Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's time for the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. How is everybody doing? It's the 9th of March. Not the Ides of March. That's next week. It's the 9th, 9th of March, 2023. And I have to tell you, the beard is looking better. <laughs> I have to tell you, I actually put in some time before my show on Friday uh, to, like, kind of... I, I watched a video. Like, I'm a grown-ass man. I watched a video about how to shave my beard. And first of all, the hipster dude that was, like, shaving his beard that I was trying to follow, I was like, I was like I'm not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> you ever watch, like, a YouTube video or anything like that? It's like, oh, this is so cool, like, super interesting, stuff like that. Like, I'm not doing half of those things because I'm just not going to do that. I'm not... <laughs> First of all, he did a lot of stuff with, like, lines, and, like, I'm not doing that. I just, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, if I went to somebody and they were like, hey, man, we're going to do this, like, okay, I, I wouldn't stop them, but, like, uh, I've been a urologist. I didn't stop him either, if you know what I mean. That <laughs> was more consensual. I also paid him for that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but I realized that, like, much like, an unkempt lawn, or an unkept lawn. This takes like more work. I'm so. Oh, I meant to get beard oil. <laughs> I need to get beard. Like now, it's a thing in my life. Like one more thing I need to remember to do is I need to get beard oil. And the reality is, like, I feel like I don't spend much of my time, much of my life, looking at myself until I come here to make sure I'm actually in frame and in focus. And honestly, between us, like that's too much time looking at myself. That, that's too much time. See, see, I, got, I need a new clip for this shit. Like, I could do that. <laughs> like, sorry, I got to stop doing all this visual stuff because I know how awesome that plays on radio. But uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody all right? I am not doing okay here. Physically uh, and health-wise, I'm having a lot of problems. I'm actually having, at this point, I'm actually having so many problems, I'm uncomfortable complaining about it. Like, let that sink in for a second. Like, it's just... Just suffice to say that your your superhero is not doing so well today. I'm just hoping things will clear up in the next three to four weeks, which is apparently my time frame for things to get better. But like, I am just hella exhausted. Like, I, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's so it's so exhausting just like being alive. Like, you know, and I want to stay alive. Like, I want to make that quite clear. Like, I'm not looking to opt out here. I'm just I'm having. I'm having the hardest time just doing, like, basic things, like, getting from 8 in the morning to, like, you know, 11 at night. Like, just, I'm trying to do that. That That's that's becoming more and more difficult. But we've got some housekeeping to do, so let's get to that, shall we? Um, so, the brand new Top 20 is out on StrangerHood TV. You should check that out. I would personally appreciate it if you give it a like, subscribe, listen, throw in a comment. I'll get to the comments probably over the weekend or early next week. Uh, I'm just running a little bit behind at work and stuff. Um, but uh, it's the one where I'm sort of talking about building like a community and, and sort of like how to make not necessarily better, well, yeah, necessarily better shows, like what I think the, the correct formula is for something like that. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, we're, it's, it's, like, it would have been important for you to watch it already, because we're about to continue that discussion, because of how the show went down on Friday night, but it's okay, because you can watch them, you know, afterwards, and then you can just follow along, and please feel free to ask any questions or comments, and then I'll just try and get to them when I can. If I get to them in a timely fashion, sometimes I'll just address them here. Uh, but yeah, so check that out. Also on, um... Also on Strangerhood TV, you have Bacon is My Podcast. Uh, they have their seven questions and interview with Dead Lakes. 
Uh, also, Discussions and Drinks. That was the openers uh, that became some of my favorite bands and stuff, so check that out. Uh, Thursday, that's tonight at 9. I think they're probably doing another live stream. I don't see Mikey in the chat to confirm that, but uh, if he pops in later, uh, we'll find out. I think their they're Thursday night is their live stream. Uh, although I know they are not working with Caggiano today because I am. I'm going in the studio tonight to finish up backing vocals. I have two guitar things I need to throw into. Um, like when I tell you, like I'm dragging. Like here's here's what's funny. Like tonight I've actually got to drag my guitar, Caggiano, to do. I'm gonna say two tracks of about 30 seconds of guitar in a song called Inside. Just this sort of melody line. And the reason we have to do that is because when I was working on my own, I, we realized that there was like five million options here. So we're actually just going to throw them down and just say like, yep, that's right, or try this and do that and just bang it out. should take like all of 20 minutes, right? But I have to bring my guitar to do that. But what makes it funny is like that's not even the biggest waste of time. I actually have to drag my acoustic guitar out for what we are considering to be one single strum. <laughs> but since I'm recording vocals, we'll just probably just throw it through the same channel and just be done with it. So I'll be doing that tonight. So do not expect Kajan to make an appearance. I'll be pissed. If he is twitching, like while I am, uh, or on Twitch, I mean, he could Twitch all he wants. I'm not here to judge. But, like, if he's on Twitch while recording my vocals, like, that's a level of, uh, like, multitasking that I am uncomfortable with. So, you probably just have to settle for Jimmy and Mikey today, and that's fine. Um, I do have some videos coming out soon. There are some Rebel 9 videos coming out. Maybe we should save that talk. Maybe I'll save that conversation for next week because I've got this whole master plan. And anytime I have a master plan, it's usually a disaster. It should just be a disaster plan. A master disaster plan. Like, that's my, that should be my, like, master disaster plan. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> uh, got shows coming up. Check out rebel9.com slash shows. Check that out. Uh, and we will get into that as we go. I've got to fi- start finalizing some lineups for our, our shows coming up this, uh, this year. <sighs> wow, that was a lot. I'm, I'm super out of breath just from that. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, so what else is going on? Or not, what, what is going on? How about we start there? What is going on? I want to thank everybody that made their way out to 89 North and Patchogue on Friday to come check us out. We actually had a surprisingly good draw. I don't know if it was because I was, like, really sad and pathetic towards the end of it, like, towards the end of last week, asking people to come. But we did end up having a bunch of people come out, and that was really nice to get to hang. Uh, so I appreciate that. I, I always find, like, I don't get to hang with everybody as much as I'd like because there's literally only so much time I can hang with everybody before, you know, like during that kind of small window. And also, like, just... I, I mean, I know everybody knows this, but I always feel horrible. Like, there's, there's so... There's such a limit to the amount that I can hang out before a show because I just... There's something about my speaking voice. Like, as an, I, I understand it's annoying to listen to, and that's fine, but, like, there's something about the way I speak that just ends up blowing my voice out. Something about this particular range... You know, I always do my warm-ups and stuff like that, but, like, I really I really need to not speak at, at shows beforehand because I have to tell you, man, like, I go to practice. I'll sing for three hours straight without an issue. I go to, re- I go to a show like this. I have trouble towards the end of it, and it's only, like, certain places, like, in my range because that's where I speak, I guess. Uh, but it just, like, I hit a couple of, couple of notes... That were like, oh, this is going to hurt, or I can't hold it as long, or it wasn't quite what I wanted. And it's just, it, it only ever happens at shows. Like, I, I'll nail them always at practice, uh, way better at practice. Like, even if we do them three or four times, it's always at shows. And I have to tell you, I have, over the past two years, I feel like I've all but perfected my, like, pre-show and during-show cocktail. I've done... Really, two things that have made like a major, major change for me vocally on stage. One, I am just swimming in uh, in in. Um, uh, why am I drawing such a blank? They are adaptogens, right? They're they're a kind of supplement, a kind of 
uh, plant-based thingy, thingy thing, uh, or um, protein. Like I take L-theanine uh, is a big one for me. So a lot of times I'm just swimming at it and it just sort of just keeps me even. Uh, and that helps a lot. I have taken too much of it. I, I remember I did definitely take too much of the show, and I was like, "Hey, man, how's everybody doing today? Like, why don't we? Uh, you know, everybody want to take a break like that?" So I got to be careful with that. But I feel like I've gotten pretty close to where I want it to be. That just keeps me from flipping out, which is great. I've also turned the corner on uh, generally giving a shit. Like, I feel like at this point, like there is nothing I can't sing my way out of one way or another, and. The realization that if I had a show where I completely lost my voice, that being the most talked about Rebel 9 show ever, in a good way even, is just kind of like quite a comfort. So I just don't worry about that particular fear and I don't have that particular phobia anymore. Uh, but then the last thing is I wear earplugs on stage now, something I never did. I, I didn't I didn't do it for the bulk of my career, but I do it now. Uh, because I started wearing them at practice. And honestly, if you're going to do one thing in practice and one thing in the show, like, that's bad. That's bad form. You should really kind of rehearse the way you're going to perform. And I do think that that is something that is lost on a lot of bands. And I will tell you, I can tell. I can tell bands that rehearse a set versus bands that just rehearse some songs, right? Rebel Night is a band that rehearses a set. It's actually one of the reasons the, move, the set moves so well, because we've already rehearsed it, and we know how it sounds, and we know if it gets all chunky and clunky beforehand, like well before you'll ever hear it, so we just make changes. So we do that. Uh, but I've been wearing them, and what they do, well, they do two things. One, I can hear myself because you hear your inner head voice. Uh, I don't hear my guitar so well, but honestly, I've been playing guitar a lot longer than I'm singing, so, you know, and I make roughly one mistake on guitar per show, so if I even up that to five, I'm still, you know, doing pretty good, so it's fine. So that's one, but also, I don't scream. I don't have to scream to hear myself over monitors that don't exist. Like, for example, this last show, Tony was just blasting. Tony's bass was blasting through the monitors, which is something that nobody has ever asked for, including Tony, by the way. And it just, you know, it wasn't a problem for me because it wasn't. I could just sing right over it because I am the loudest thing in my head. And I have some adjustments, like I can pull them out and I can make some switches. But, um, but there is there is still that problem because, like, I I don't go out much. So, like, when I do go out, I try, I try to be social and I try and talk to people. And I'm genuinely happy to see most of the people, all the people that come out to see us, like I'm friends with most of our fans at this point, like, and a lot of them, because I don't go out and a lot of other people don't go out, like I just don't see outside of shows. So that's my time to talk to them. It's actually kind of something that I was toying with, like maybe, you know, like there's an advantage to us playing early sometimes. Like when the last time we played Mulcahy's or whatever, we were the opening act and we were done by like 845 and I had a great time just hanging out like <laughs> it's like when I go to somebody else's show and I just don't have to give a shit how my voice sounds like you know like if I go see like um, I forget what I think the last time I saw Mikey and Craving at, uh, at Beery's I wasn't playing on it but I, I was able to go and I got news for you there is no level of freedom like I'm not singing later. Let's get another drink in here. And, like, let me scream my order to you because I just don't care. Like, there's a lot of freedom in that. So I, I like that. I appreciate that. But if it ever seems like I'm not talking a lot before a show, and I know I feel like I've said this forever, if I'm not talking a lot before a show, it's because I'm not talking a lot before a show. Like, it, it is a one-to-one -one correlation directly affects the way I sing and I can tell you what notes it is like in this particular one we were covering anthrax and and I hit I went to go hit the word view in one of the you know pre-choruses or it's actually the end of the verse right before a chorus and it's a it's not a hard note at all but it is right in that range that if I'm spending too much time talking it's going to be hard the most notable one and I don't know that anybody would even know that know this because we always play keep you near fairly late in the set, which means I've used my voice anyway. Um, but the last note of the song, I usually hold for like a couple of measures. I hold it almost as long as we hold the guitar. And you can tell 
by how tired my you can tell how tired my voice is by how short that note is. If I just say like here, you know, like it's just an out, like I am tired. And the only thing that affects that is the amount I talk before a show. And I used to be like I used to, I, I know plenty of other singers that you wouldn't even see before the show. In fact, when we used to play with the mob all the time, like you would never see Blackie before a show. She would literally just appear on stage. And the reason was, is because if she wanted to sing like that, she couldn't speak to anybody. And when they were touring, she would leave immediately too, which is not something I can do because A, I like to hang out with the people that come see her shows. And two, like most people like in the business, like networking wise and venue wise, they want to talk to me because I run the band. Now, if I had a manager or somebody else in the band that ran things, like in the mob, like Blackie could take off because Mickey and Carly ran the entire band. So they could just... They could, I don't know why I hit the applause for that. It was just my thumb slipping. But, um, but yeah. Like, I wish, I wish I could do that. I can't. I don't have that situation. I don't have that band. I don't have that management structure. So I can't. And I'm not... You know, and I'm me. I would rather talk to people and sort of risk the performance a little bit and that's selfish and that's sort of too bad but I think until I'm ruining the performance and people are like man you suck live then it's just worth it and honestly I, I, how many shows how many how many more shows really are there like going to be like a hundred like I could figure it out like unless something from the new record hits like I think we're lo- I think we're inside the last hundred shows I know that sounds sad but it's not it's, it's really not like it's not even like a hard out or anything like that it's going to take years to do it, so we're in no danger, so please uh, don't don't fret at all. Uh, I will, however, take a few minutes to um, continue with the conversation that we were starting last week about, and this this all started with a Bacon is My Podcast discussion and drinks, where we were talking about local bands and sort of the responsibility, and Mikey was bringing up stuff like quality control, which has definitely been a banner I've been flying for years. Because I think it is the number one thing that has destroyed uh, the reputation of local music. But I want to now, with a collection of people that are listening, either now or later, discuss um, with examples exactly what I was talking about. Um, so I'm not going to name in any names. And I'm not even going to say that it was definitively my show on Friday. But I will tell you this. I attended a show recently where at least two of the bands were so awful that not only should they not have been on stage on a Saturday night in a primetime slot, I don't know if they're qualified to be on a stage of that caliber on a weekend ever or a weekday, honestly. I think these are bands that need to go back to bars and figure some shit out. Uh, I will say the last band I'm kind of half on the fence with. I I don't have a problem with bands that play dated music-ish specifically because if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I have a problem when they really address it like it's like hot new music, like don't do that. And I'm going to throw in a caveat here, because this is something that I've been thinking about lately. I have always thought uh, that it's okay to do your brand of music as long as you understand exactly what it is. And I defined that when I was started to play with the band Station and hung out with those guys, because Station plays nothing but 80s, arenas rock, 80s arena rock, and they write new 80s arena rock all the time, and they lean into it as hard as you can lean into something without falling. Looks like like that Michael Jackson video where they just do that. And that's, you know what? That is fine, because they play it like they play it. Uh, we on Long Island, we have a lot of bands that are stuck in a lot of old hard rock, a lot of metal uh, like old sounding like there's new metal dude like I've been playing like that new Lamb of God song Omens like that's good and it is updated because if you play old Lamb of God it's not the same thing and if you came out with that now like it'd be just boring and garbage but like I appreciate some advancements but I will make an, an admission right now uh, because what I've been noticing lately is that the like where hard rock is kind of leaning to with a lot of the elements of the electronica 
I found a lot of it that I really liked, like some of the Silverstein stuff, some of the Wage War stuff, but I am over with how far it's going. And this is the first time that I can recall in my career where I was like, you know what, I don't want to go there. And this might be where I get stuck, but I don't know. Like, I... I have a lot of strings to pull on and a lot of directions to write in. I don't need to follow. Uh, I was complaining about Stan Atlantic a couple weeks ago. I don't need to follow them into that sound. I don't like it, and I don't have to. Uh, and I'm also not fighting or buying for their spot. So I might be in five years exactly that band that just can't get out of their own space. Like, And that'll be too bad, or it'll be the greatest thing ever. I don't honestly know. But going back to the show, like for the people that were there, I want them to understand, or the show that I attended, not necessarily the one that I played, I want them to understand why that, because they might have felt it, like they might have felt why that show wasn't great, and they felt that because the show wasn't great, uh, and I'm only going to address the first two bands because again, the last band, like, you know, at least... They drew a little bit, and that was good. The sad thing is, is that it looked like we actually outdrew everybody, and we didn't release anything. Like, this was like, yeah, whatever, forget it. Um, I want to address the first two bands. The first band, uh, just kind of like slower, really long songs, really, like, I was saying to Kaz uh, during the show, like, the biggest problem I was seeing with that is that, like, you, like they, they, they took the opening slot and like slowed it down like you don't come up on stage and be like we're gonna slow it down a minute like and that's exactly what they did like you don't do that like you have a job to do like i understand if you're like the you know some southern blues festival or whatever but, like you're in a rock show man on a on a friday night like amp that shit up and also nobody and i'm telling you this in my entire listening audience Nobody wants to hear a seven to eight minute song live unless you're playing Freebird, that Frampton song, uh, Whipping Post, and I think that's about it. Nobody. It sucks. It's annoying. It's obnoxious. And unless it's the greatest song you've ever written and everybody else agrees that it's the greatest song of the night... Stop doing it. It ruins everything. And I will tell you, they just played song after song after song that was depressing and boring and too long. And they weren't even the worst on the bill. I have no idea how that second act got on that show. And I'm going to ask. As soon as I feel a little bit better, I'm going to ask. And I'm betting dollars to donuts the answer is going to be like he said he could sell 40 tickets he didn't I know that for a fact I can tell by the number of people that he did not bring and I can also tell by the number of people that were not interested in the services he was providing as told by me like packing my stuff up or getting my stuff ready and being texted by my bass player Hey, the floor is now completely empty. That is never a good sign for your lead-in band. And anybody who was there, as interesting as it might have been for one to two minutes, had to put up with 45 minutes of that. Yeah, he actually played longer than he was supposed to. And then we got to follow that. I... If it's not obvious to the bands, it really should be obvious to the bookers, the promoters, and the clubs. You are killing this industry by allowing this to happen. I, I can't make it any clearer. You're killing an industry that I love by allowing this to happen. There is no, no reason, no justification, no rationale that that level of quality of band should ever, ever be allowed to play a prime night at a prime club. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm offended that they actually were on a bill with us. And that's about as arrogant, as conceited as I'm going to get. 
But I'm going to take this opportunity because my band has done the work, has written really quality songs, plays tremendously well live, and does the goddamn job. And we were the best band on that night for a lot, by a lot, by a clear margin. And it's embarrassing to me personally to even be associated with some of those other acts. Other acts. It's not. It's not cool. It's not fair. And I just. I guess it's what happens when I drop the ball and like trust somebody else to like build a show. Or, I mean, I didn't even do that. I took a show that was completely out of my control. I expected to play in front of a packed house because the last band was putting together their EP release. And the only impressive thing that they really did, honestly, was take two entire tables for their merch. Something I have never seen done. I've never seen that. Two entire tables. I just had my standard half table that I always use for Rebel 9 stuff. We do fine, but like, like, if your merch is the most impressive part about your set, I want to revisit it. But I cannot stress this enough. It is the responsibility of the people that are putting on these shows to have some, like, have some self-respect, man. Like, build better shows. I know I keep talking about, like, how we need to take other shows so we're exposed to other people. That's true. But, like, if we're only exposed to, like, 30 to 40 other people because that's all the other bands combined can muster, it's not worth it to me. And I'll stop playing those shows. And then they'll get worse and worse and worse and worse. Because as bands like mine start realizing that, like, it's not worth our time to play those, we're probably not going to. Especially as, like, as bands like mine really have to start picking and choosing what shows to play. But again, our other option is we play shows that we have control over. We invite bands that we trust to do the job. We invite bands that we know can do the job and do the job well on stage. Do the job well before the show. Do the job well off stage. Be a part of something. Be a part of a bigger show. Maybe tell somebody that they're playing. That kind of stuff. We can do those, but then we end up with these shows that are basically these big sandbox shows, which is great for everybody, including the bands, including the fans, and we we actually demonstrate what it looks like to have a big original night show, and that's great, except for the fact that there are no new people coming to see us, and that is a death spiral for bands like mine, and I do not know how to get out of that. I could make everybody, like, you can't come in the door unless you bring a new person, like, but are we really going to do that? I mean, how would I even enforce that? Like, last thing I need is people showing up, like some regular Rebel 9 fan, and then somebody they always show up with, like, in, you know, glasses and the mustache, be like, no, 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 this isn't so-and-so, this is Mario, he's my cousin, he's coming to see you for the first time. Like, Although that sounds like a really good idea, and I might actually do that, because that would be a hell of a lot of fun for me. And it's funny, because, like, I don't know about you, but I'm flipping through the Rolodex of people that come to Rebel 9 shows that would happily put on glasses and a mustache and pretend to be Mario just to get him for free, because that sounds fun. But the best part is, our fans, they would still pay for that ticket, because they're awesome. But it'd be a lot of fun to see a lot of Where's Waldos out in the audience, wouldn't it? I mean, not that I'd see them or anything, because, you know... Waldo. All right. <laughs> all right. It's been too long. I think we can all agree on that. Here's some music. I'll come play more after the break. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, I'm just trying to catch up here on the chat. A lot of commentary. <laughs> it's hard during their first 20 minutes. I'm talking a lot and everybody's like responding to me, but I can't watch it at the same time. Otherwise, I'll never get my, 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 my words out of my mouth, but it was just sort of funny. Uh, so I try and catch up, and I have so much stuff I haven't even caught up yet, but like, there's some good points, yes. Uh, Stairway to Heaven is absolutely one of those super long songs that you're allowed to play, but also it's been voted like one of the greatest songs of all time. I feel like that's okay uh, to, to, to bring out. Um, I will tell you, um, don't worry about leaving early. Two things about leaving early uh, from the show Friday night, which were funny. First of all, the absolute clusterfuck that was my band trying to get the rest of the stuff into the van. Uh, first of all, I tell Noodle all the time to stop loading his drums where the merch goes. Every single show, 
every single show, including this one. He's like, oh, I just, uh, I just, I just wanted to get it in the van. Don't worry, I, I, I'll move it. I'll, I'll move it before we bring in the merch. Every single show. So I took great pleasure in watching him get poured on while he stood outside the van while I had to move his stupid drums again because they were in the way because he didn't fix them. He didn't move them before. And so, like, that was fun. But also, this was weird, and I could not figure this out. So, um, so we, I'm pretty sure we outdrew on the night, right? I feel like we drew the most people. Uh, the band after us definitely drew a lot. It was their EP release. Honestly, they should have had, they should have had a hundred people in there. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't, but they, but they didn't. So, so screw me because I lost out on that. But most of our people stayed because, like I said, like I, I don't get the opportunity to really hang out so much. And honestly, my band shouldn't either, but they do because they, they're them. Um, but like. I don't get to hang out until after my set. And what that means is, like, I play a show. So our slot was 10. We probably played, we probably started playing, like, 10, 10, 10, 15, because Bass Boy ran so long. Um, and we had a 40-minute set, which means I'm off stage, probably, like, 11. It takes me at least 20 minutes to get, you know, get everything off stage, get it all backstage, start putting stuff away, because we'll take stuff off stage, and then we'll put it away, make sure it's all counted, make sure it's all organized. In this particular case, I threw a couple things out in the van. I don't usually do that uh, uh, at shows because it's, you know, usually safer in the club than the van. Some clubs, it's safer in the van than the club. This is one of those cases. So we did that. Just a couple. We didn't bring everything. Just a, just a few things out to the van. And that takes a little bit of time, and then I almost always go over to the merch table because there's invariably some sort of issue with, like, the square reader, or we need, I mean, we don't usually need change because I'm pretty good with the, like, you know, with the box. I actually delivered pizza when I was in college, so I know how important change is because that was, like, way before they invented stuff like Venmo. Um, But, so I usually check in on all that, make sure everything's okay, you know, all that other stuff. And then it's usually 20, 25 minutes after the set. So, like, I probably wasn't even at the bar until, like, 11.20, 11.30, which is really the first opportunity a lot of people even get to see me. Uh, not that I'm so scary great, but, you know, I've invited people to come or I've sold them tickets. A lot of times there's an, you know, hey, how you doing? Thank you. That was a great set. Oh, thanks for coming. Like, at the very least, there should be that. But then I also get to hang out and just talk, like, nonsense. Like, I was talking to Morgan for a long time. I never seen Morgan. So it was really good to see him. Um, and so, like, th- that kind of stuff. Uh, but this was really weird because that was all going on. It took me... I had one drink. I had one drink uh, Friday night. And the reason I only had one drink is because I have stuff to do. But it took me so long to try and go get a second drink that they, they asked us to leave. Like, not us personally. They were, they were closing up. And I had just completely lost track of time because, like, okay, well, you know, they turn on the lights. Like, everybody's got to go, whatever. Like... I got in the van. It was 1230, dude. Like, it was 1230. I don't know what the hell they're thinking there, but, like, they basically asked 70 people to leave the bar just after midnight. And I was going to just check in with, like, 89 North and be like, is that normal? Because I get the feeling that that's normal. Cover bands, people come in at 8 o'clock, drink all night, everybody get the fuck out. It's 12 o'clock. You know, like, but, like... Dude, you you easily cost yourself thousands of dollars by 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 kicking out big drinkers. Like we're not light drinkers. I don't know what you know about Rebel Nine or Rebel Nine fans, but we can definitely hold down a drink. And it costs at least a grand, probably two, for a night you're already open by making everybody leave. I was in the van at twelve thirty. I couldn't believe. I actually was like, oh, my first thought was that my van clock was broken. <laughs> I feel like I had something else to say, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. I did go through and dig up some more dope music, and by dope music, I mean the band dope, but it's not even their music. I found a cover they did, and I gotta tell you, I liked it a little bit. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Okay, a couple things to get out of the way. Mikey texted me and told me they are indeed doing their Twitch stream. Uh, I believe it is uh, twitch.com slash... I know I do. 
know I do. Yeah, Bacon is my POD. Twitch.com slash Bacon is my POD. And they're reworking uh, Razor and How Do We Move On, which are the two new songs. I did not get to watch last week's um, Twitch um, that they worked with Caggiano, but uh, that's going on tonight at 9 o'clock, so feel free to check that out. Uh, another thing in the chat, uh, just I just laughed literally out loud for the share the burden dot 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 of my EP release, which was exactly what it was. Well played. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I do. I want to just follow up a little bit. There's some discussion about like what's going on in, uh, in like in Connecticut, New York, and like trying to fill the room. And and, and I want to make it very clear, like I am super venue. Um, supportive like i really really am and i've also never asked any venue to be just strictly original bands uh what i what i have asked is that venues that are strictly cover bands to open up that option every night or not every night every now and again for you know for an original music scene like which is fine like and i don't and i don't understand like sorry i do understand what the hesitancy is the hesitant the hesitancy is based on most original bands, most original local bands are awful. Like they really are awful. And they should be playing in small clubs for you know that they can fill until they can do bigger and better shows, until they can dance with the big boys. And this has nothing to do with me. Like I gotta tell you, as our audience and our draw tends to wane, like begins to wane, because it is. Like our draw is definitely down from the heyday. Uh, and it's not even all of our fault. It, in fact, it's very rarely all for our fault. I mean, there are definitely some factors, like some of my political posting may have had some effect on some people, although the only people it seems to piss off are friends of my band members, and those fucking people never show up anyway. Like, the only one that actually shows up on the regular is my buddy Frank, that's Kaz and Noodle's buddy, and Tony's buddy Frank. Everybody knows Frank. Frank Valenti. Big, like, huge personality. Like, super cool guy. We d- disagree on everything politically. He still shows up to his shows and yells at me while I'm on stage. It's fucking awesome. And that's exactly what it should be. But, like, all these other assholes like, I'm never gonna come to, like, I remember actually having an argument. I'm never gonna come to one of your shows. I'm like, you've never been to one of our shows and also, fuck you. How about that? I don't want you at our shows. Like, of the five people I've lost, I've at least gained another 10 to 20 uh, of fans that are like, oh, I like what he stands for, so I'll go to shows. They don't come to shows either, it would seem, but, you know, I'm much more likely to get those people for sure, and I'd rather just be fine without you. But most of our waning fan base uh, comes from two places. People getting older, uh, and they're having kids and stuff like that, and it's harder for them to go out. And I'm also going to lump that in with all the COVID stuff. But I will tell you the other thing, the other reason people don't come to shows, because the other bands fucking suck. That's why they don't come to shows. Oops, sorry. So they wait for these really big mega shows that we do with, like, you know, Craving and Something Heavy or Pathmaker and, you know, Neon Skyline. Like, you know, those kinds of bands. Like they wait for those because they're better shows for them, and and that's that's having an effect on our on our draw. But to the point where uh, like I'm fine with venues. I understand the reason that venues need to actually they have trouble filling those shows with original bands. I will tell you, if they had less of them, they would not have as much trouble. Take a band like mine. We're looking at about six to seven local shows this year. If you were a venue and you knew that, would you want to be one of those shows? You're damn right you would, because we can absolutely try. So if you keep booking shit bands, it's never going to get better. There is no way for it to get better. You have to keep booking nights that are just going to be good music, like across the board. Because I will tell you, the venues that do have like cover bands and tribute bands are probably more specific. So if you're if you don't like Queen, you're not going to go that night, and that's fine. Because maybe you like shitty, poorly done '90s music, and you can go see that the next next night instead of just listening to it on Spotify. Spotify, like a normal person would do, like that's fine. So if you don't like an original music night, that's cool. But if you do like an original music night, if the band or the or the club 
or the producer or the booker took any care at all to make sure it's going to be a good night and not just bands that can sell 15 to 40 tickets, you would actually have a better night. And that is exactly my argument with some of these places. And it was 100% part of the argument when we booked the warehouse show. Because, first of all, I can do this. I know the bands that can draw. The bands that are going to be part of this like, are going to really make this a big deal. Because what we're looking to do is show that this is viable if it's done with some care and some respect and any modicum of attention whatsoever. The fact that I was able to do it in August is because cover bands and tribute bands are hella not loyal, and they're all playing at the water, band, places that we honestly don't want to play. I don't want to play the Beach Hut. I'm not interested in playing some, like, you know, loose reggae for a bunch of drunk chuckle fucks that I fucking don't like anyway. Like, I'm not interested in doing any of that. I, I have no problem and no, no, no desire whatsoever to be part of the soundtrack of, like, you know, college dudes date raping their, you know, their girlfriends. Like, I have no interest in being any part of those people, any part of those shows. So we, the original hard rock bands, will play local clubs in the summer. And that is how we actually got the show. Because I'm going to put 200 people in a room in the middle of August where nobody else can do it, I guess. Or none of the cover bands can do it. Because they're out playing the Nautical Mile. Or they're playing Beach Hunts. Or whatever the whatever they're doing. Who cares? Who, who even cares? My point is, is that if you do the work and build a good show, people will still come because they might not know the bands. But they're going to have a good time. It's going to be a packed house. They're going to hear something they like. Don't just make it eclectic either. Do an original rock night. Do an original punk night. And I'm just do it once a month. If there are 12 shows on a Friday at the Warehouse or 89 North throughout the year, just say 12, right? You can't pack that with really good bands and tell other bands that aren't good enough, like, man, you have to play a Sunday or a Tuesday until you're better. You can't do that? Why? I can do that. I do do that. And I don't even own a club. It totally is the way to do it, to build quality, to build good shows. And then when they do what they did to us on Friday and have two bands that didn't draw, didn't perform, didn't impress the other fans of the bands that did the work, you don't get to play here again. I don't see why that's so hard. I just don't. I'm going to play some old police right now. Not because it has anything to do with what I was doing or saying or anything like that. I just, I love the police. I love old the police. And I want to hear the police. And I'm in charge. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Alright, just a couple more things about this venue nonsense so I can put it to bed and stop having it rattle around in my head. I just want to point out a couple things. Like, first of all, when you when you have a cover band or a um, tribute band... The venue is paying them, like you went. The, the, that's overhead cost, like paying them, like north of five hundred dollars, usually closer in the fifteen hundred dollar range. That's why cover bands do it. I mean, there are some bands that do it just for fun and stuff like that, but like you know, bands get paid to do that. Original bands do not get paid on the night. They usually either get the door or some version of the door deal, or they have to pre-sell tickets and stuff like that. And yes, you can argue that these venues get to charge the door fee and they'll take that money. That is also true. But there's only so much you can charge for a cover band. There just is, because it is just a cover band, right? So that's that's one. Also, before I forget, uh, Bacon is My Podcast is twitch.tv slash bacon is my POD. So... Check that out. Or I'm sure you can go to the Bacon's My Podcast site and find it there. Or just ask around. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will, somebody will get you there eventually. Uh, so, But then the last thing I want to say on it is that, yes, I understand that venues may or may, not want to, may or may not want to take a risk. I'm not asking anybody to take a risk. Do your goddamn homework. Like, you can find out what bands can do what. If you put bands together, like, you... Like, first of all, around here, like, there's, like, only four club owners at this point. They all know who can do what. And I get it. And maybe, yeah, maybe a cover band will really outdraw, you know, us and Craving Strange and Something Heavy and Pathmaker and, you know, Pine, Pine Street. Like, maybe they will. Maybe they really will. And that's unfortunate. But if you want to build up that kind of audience... 
put those shows on from time to time so people can kind of come see them and know that they're going to be back on at a later point. That's all I'm saying. If you don't think it's at all viable, you're mistaken. It can be done. It can be done correctly. It was done for years before uh, when I started coming up in bands. Like It was absolutely done. It was absolutely done well. People have just gotten lazy now. And honestly, people are just so selfish and just so self-absorbed. And the, on, and the triteness of people that just want to go out and hear music from the 90s is just like, just appalls me how often people want to do that. That's neither here nor there. I think that's all I have to say on the subject, at least for now. Now, I came across this band and this song. I I was going to have it be like a does it box sort of segment, but I don't... I mean, it could still be like... It could definitely be a does it box sort of thing. So hold on. Yeah, all right. So this could be a does it box, but it's. I found it so off the beaten path that... I don't know that it would be boxy anyway, but definitely at least worth the one time. But I literally just grabbed it for everybody for the exposure to it. Because there was something about it that I actually liked. It sounds super old. Like, if you told me that, like, Led Zeppelin or their lesser-known copycats, Greta Van Fleet, came out with it, and they were like, oh, there's a new song, it would be interesting in that sort of context and that sort of genre. But it was just... And their story is interesting. So the band is called Crown Lands. I think they're from Alaska, and they have some real interesting, like, maybe some gender identity story. I gl- I'm sorry, I glimpsed at it yesterday in the midst of all the chaos that was going on that is my life. Um, and I wanted to follow up more on it today with, like, a full Wikipedia review, but I just, I just didn't. So feel free to do it on your own time. The band is called Crown Lands. It looks like a duo, but this song, like, it's long. It's too long for the box, but, like, there was definitely something to it. I'm like, I I dig this, and maybe you will, too. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, I don't understand what actually drives a lot of the thought process, because, like, I'm a big fan of live music. I do understand, like, if you can't get to a show for, you know, for all of the bands because it's too early. Like, that happens to me all the time. Like, I live a life. Like, I really can't get to a show a lot of times at, like, 7.30 for Doors. Like, I understand that. But, uh, like, they're talking about some other shows like the Anti-Flag and Flogging Molly. Like, if you're in the building and a band is playing, like, I don't understand, like, why you wouldn't go see the band. I mean, I guess if you want to have, like, conversations with that, like, conversations at a rock show, like, I guess like that makes sense to not sort of be in the area like maybe I guess I I would argue that a lot of the finding your place for the main band is a result of all this festival nonsense because that's what people want to do they want to be up front for their favorite band so they go up front I mean I remember when we we opened for Lacey Sturm and there were these two young kids I mean they're probably like 20 21 boyfriend and girlfriend they were right up front and center for our set and I was like you aren't here to see us and they were like nope To be fair, I engaged them, and they had a good time. I did not see them at any other Rebel 9 shifts again, though, so that was kind of... I guess I didn't engage them enough, but it's... It's all right. Um, yeah, I don't understand the mentality, because I don't have it. Uh, like, you know, like, I'm usually interested in most of the bands. Like, I, I was able to speak articulately about everything that went on on Friday night, because I saw all the bands play, like... That's it's just not all that hard to do. Like, and I understand if you don't want to be like up front and center, um, like, because they're not your favorite band. That's fine. Like, no, I don't think anybody's asking you to. I know that the last time we played 89 North, um, somebody was talking shit outside. I'm saying somebody, but I know who it is because not everybody there was like like totally 100% supporting like the Mickey Licks chick that was playing um, because like. Apparently, like, he's just some guitar phenom, and we should all just, like, really just totally support him, even though he drew almost nobody. Uh, But, like, everybody should give him a shot. This person was literally saying this shit while outside during my set. Like, (laughs) some 17-year-old kid plays a bunch of Van Halen covers, and they deserve your attention. But some dude that's actually spent 20 years writing actual original material, cultivated a following and an actual fan base, they don't. (laughs) 
said I was going to shut up, and I meant it. I got brand new music from Devoted Fusion. Sean has a dude, a local musician around here, works pretty goddamn hard, so I want to give him a shout, give him a little spin. The new uh, remaster of the song King of Equality for you right now on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I don't remember what summer it was, but I assure you it was a summer, and I was at my dad's house in Colorado, Denver, going through albums as I usually spent most of my summers doing, and I stumbled upon what I considered to be one of the greatest records of all time. It was called Second Helping, and it was a band called Leonard Skinner that I had never, ever, ever heard of before. And I found this record, and when I tell you I played it all summer long, I don't think I'm exaggerating. Probably from the moment I found it, right until we got into the car to go back to the airport for me to fly home to New York. I played this record backwards and forwards. I played it forwards and backwards. And this past week, we lost the very last founding member of Leonard Skinner. He died, I think, at the age of 71. His name is Gary Rosington. He is responsible for most of the guitar work on the original Leonard Skinner records, including the incredibly famous slide guitar of the song Freebird. However, through all the great songs that Leonard Skinner played and all that time, that era that has come and gone for me, which is why I never hear Leonard Skinner on the box, my favoriteest favorite song of all of Favorite Town is still this one. Gary, thank you for the music, and I'll see you on the other side. Hard Rock Lunch Box. We have a request in. Let me set the stage for you. The year is 2006. My middle child, Corey. Years before we would know he would be a world-class, nationally ranked gamer, uh, honestly, and make money at it. <laughs> Long before that, although we should have seen the signs. The ripe old age of six years old. My son is playing, I think it's RuneScape. Almost positive it's RuneScape. He's also incredibly good at it. (laughs) Also, also, Corey is one of the funniest people I have ever met on this planet. And that did not start recently. That was from day one. So here's the colors in my palette. Six-year-old, hella funny, really good gamer, playing RuneScape. This was back in the days when families had, like, the family computer. So he was playing on the family computer, in the computer room, as we called it. It is now the coffee room, but it could be an ottoman or a table or whatever you really want. It's now the, the coffee room. But it was the family room, the family, the computer room at the time. And he's sitting there playing RuneScape. His back is to the stairs, the stairs which I, his father, descend. And I hear him talking the most unbelievable smack (laughs) to basically nobody. (laughs) He's yelling at people on the screen, talking the most unbelievable level of gamer shit to these poor people that he is just simply destroying in this game. I went downstairs, and I wrote the lyrics to what would become Lolling, based on pretty much absolutely everything he was saying that afternoon. So now when I play this song for you, the G. Davey classic, as it were, as it appears on 2008's She Sells Smiles, just know that you are listening to the rambling, unbelievable nonsense of a six-year-old. And if you doubt me, listen to the last chorus... Just take one guess at who's singing backups. It's this week's ridiculous request of the week on the box. And then I'm measuring that I'm part of it I will need 
Yeah, I know what you're thinking after last week. Does this sound even mean it's time for the weekly Craving Week with Craving Strange? Well, I'm here to tell you that this week... Yeah, it does. It's totally, totally cool. In fact, we're going back. I'm going to get a little classic Strange as opposed to Craving Strange. Classic Strange, of course, will be my cover band, my Craving Strange cover band when I form that. Eventually, seeing as I know so many of the goddamn songs, I might as well just make a couple bucks out of it. All I really have to do is play, you know... Tonight we die, you know, die for, and I'm like, hey, and I feel like that's pretty much all you really got to do. <laughs> okay, you can get a bald bass player, I got one of those, but yeah. It's time for one of my favorite craving songs of all time, ladies and gentlemen, please sing along if you know it. At the end of another Hard Rock Lunch Buzz. I can't believe it either. I was actually just queuing up another couple of songs. And I looked at the time. I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, sir. No, sir. You cannot do that, sir. So I guess it's time for me to bid everyone farewell and adieu and further adieu or whatever. It's something the French call a certain 
I don't know what, which is still the greatest line from all, from all Dr. Evil lines, in my opinion. Maybe not the greatest, but it's one of the greatest. So I want to thank everybody within the sound of my voice for spending a little part of your Thursday afternoon with us here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. It is always better with friends, and it's always better with you guys. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. It certainly gave me a couple of hours to not think about basically my deteriorating physical situation. So thank you for that. And again, I want to stress how much I appreciate everybody coming out to check us out Friday night and just, and honestly, not even check us out at this point. I think it was also see the show, but come hang out on uh, last Friday at Indiana North. I really appreciate that. Our next show is going to be Mr. Furious in the middle of June. I'll have details for you uh, on that as I get them, uh, but just mark that off on your calendar. And of course, the warehouse is going to be August 5th. And then we're doing something for Halloween, but you can check all that out at RevLine.com slash shows if you need to know now. Uh, one thing I do want to address, um, whenever we do cover songs in sets like that, like I like keeping it quiet because I like the surprise. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We're actually two for two with covers right now, which means if we're going to do another one, which I'm not entirely sure that we are for Beeries, or we're going to do like a surprise one, we might just go back and do one of our older ones. Uh, the pressure is friggin' on, because I will say, I had so many people come up to me and tell me how awesome it was that we pulled off Antisocial from Anthrax, and I was like, well, thank God, man, because I wasn't 100% sure that was the one to go with, but... As we close out the box today, I will play you the other Anthrax song that was on the table when we were trying to figure out which Anthrax song to do, because there were a bunch, and there were a lot of reasons why certain ones wouldn't work, but this one, this was was definitely on the table. So give it a listen as you dance yourselves on out, and I will see you all next week here on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.